Today we're going to hear from some awesome people. Come on up, guys. Uh, I don't know if you remember these folks. I'm sure you do. Blast from the six, eight, ten month past. This is Pastor Ron and Pastor Heidi. They're here to share with us this morning about how God speaks. We're talking about how God speaks through the prophets, talking about how God speaks through us, that God speaks to us differently every time. Each one of us are unique, and God speaks to us in unique ways, in the same way that God spoke to each prophet in these really unique, interesting ways. So this morning, buckle up, because they have some really powerful stuff to hear. They've given me a little sneak peek of it. Buckle up. It's really great. So without any further ado, Pastor Ron and Heidi, welcome. Thanks, Nick. Thank you, Nick. Wow, it's interesting times. Good to be here. I'm just so humbled. Nick actually asked Ron, (laughs) and then we were talking. He's like, let's tag team. One of our favorite things, I think, right? Yours too? Is to tag team. We love to sit on our deck and just talk about the Word of God and and what He's doing. And so this is, I think for me, going to be a culmination of COVID-19. So there's no kids' church, right? We have a couple hours. Just kidding. But... (laughs) Well, just to remind you, uh, watching at home, um, my name is Heidi, she's Ron, and we're the Thomasons. And I just say that because if I'm Heidi, I get to be in charge, so it, it's a good thing. It's Ooh. a good thing. ba bum <laughs> So how are you? Good. It's been a, a long time since uh, we've been up here, and a lot has happened, hasn't it? We have a grandson. So if this gets a little boring, we're just going to bring Shay up. Where is he? It's the best thing in the whole world. All you grandparents out there, were, you, you told me I had no idea. But it is, it is the best thing. I was thinking the other day, every time Rachel and Zach come and pick Shay up from the house, they're just so excited to see him, and they just smother him with kisses. And I thought to myself, that is never going to change. Because to this day, every time one of my children come into my house, I feel the exact same way. It's just so beautiful to watch family. That's one of the things that I'm just super thankful for in this season of having to lock down. I'm a person who doesn't sit still very long, and COVID-19 has had me sitting in my house still. I worked from home, I think, for four months, and man, that was tough. Um, there, were, there were some things about it that were okay, but I have noticed the life that has come back into me since I'm able to go into the office and interact. And so, um, but I have taken one thing away that um, love is, is fleeting and it's short and to appreciate um, my family and the, just the love and the goodness that I have and not to get so busy. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm done. You're done. <laughs> So, as Nick said, you know, we're, we're here to just talk about God speaking. And I just want to be honest, I'm here because I need God to speak to me. And I, I'm sure that a lot of you at home and here in the, in the room, you're feeling the same way. But even this week, you know, we needed a word from the Lord um, that we got on our faces and said, hey, we, we want to hear from you. And today we're going we're gonna to look at Zechariah, an Old Testament prophet. And, and the thing about these Old Testament prophets is they get a bad rap, I think, because it's, it seems to be all doom and gloom. But when you really read and you really look into the scriptures and you really pray about it, you'll find that, that it's really about 
the prophet's telling us what's possible. And it's not about the gloom. It's not about you're doing it wrong. It's all about just imagine what can be if we do. And so in Zechariah, we find that uh, we've got the, the people of God, Israel, coming back from a, well, you might call it a vacation. I, I don't think that they would. But they were in Babylon for 70 years. And so they come back to rebuild the temple. That's their call. And we find in one chapter to the left, or one book to the left, you'll see that Haggai, he's the one that was beginning to encourage the Israelites to begin to rebuild the temple. And something happens in that time, and and the people get a little lethargic. They get a little indifferent. They begin to focus on things outside of what God was speaking. Does that sound familiar? Uh, And Zechariah is a contemporary of, of Haggai, and so he comes to encourage the people to get back to building the temple. But instead of of words of uh, you don't, you can't, you won't, and God is mad at you, he comes with a picture through visions to allow God to build the temple through them. And in that, he's building a temple in them. And I love this book because it is full of everything from where they're at in Jerusalem, building a temple stone by stone, to Jesus returning, which is just crazy because even in um, chapter 12, you can, you can read, uh, it says, Rejoice, O daughter of Zion, rejoice, O daughter of Jerusalem. For your king has come. Your king has come, and he is just, and he has salvation, and he is riding a donkey. And I read that, and I went, who is that? You know, God, the the word, the Old Testament, the word of God always brings us to Jesus. And in another verse, it it talks about, um, Jesus says, and I will pour out on the house of David, I will pour out on all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. I will pour out on them my spirit of grace, my spirit of supplication, whatever supplication means. I, I'll have to look that up. But, uh, and that you will look at me, the one that you pierced. So we're not just building a building. God is calling us to build something bigger. And he does it in a gentle way. He says in, in chapter 1, in verse 1, Uh, he says, I am returning to Jerusalem in mercy, and my temple will be built in mercy. So here you have these people who have lost kind of sight of what God has spoken. That's me. I don't know if you've been there. Um, You kind of get lost when you don't keep track of what God is saying. And so here comes Zachariah, and he's, he's going to go, you know, let's, let's encourage these people. Because what they're saying are things like we all say. The job's too big. Yeah. Well, you know what yeah. God says? He says, it's not your job, it's my job. Yeah. Let's partner. Well, we don't have the resources. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I am the resource. Mm-hmm. 
I have all that you need. And maybe they're saying things like we say, why bother? It's not going to be as good as it was. And God says, you build a place, I'll fill it with my glory. And that's more than enough. So he comes in, in three visions. He has eight visions in six chapters. And they're all different. They're all uh, different visions, different, you know, you go from horses to flying scrolls to women in baskets. It's like a circus. But in it all is one message. And the message is this. Repent, which I used to hate that word. You know, repent always meant, it was kind of like, well, why should I repent? I'm a good guy. But it really means just to turn from the direction you were going to the direction that God is speaking. And so he, he brings those visions together to say repent. And then he uses the other chapters from seven to the end to talk about the glory of God and the fact that they're not building just a building, you're building a future. You're building a legacy. You're building a place for the Spirit of God to reside. And so throughout the book of Zechariah, you'll just find that there's so much about Jesus and what he wants to do and the temple that we're building within ourselves. Because there's no temple that is built out of stone right now. Because of Jesus, right? Because of Jesus. There's no longer a stone building that we have to go to and perform rituals. It's a temple within us. So we're, when, what we're doing now is we're building ourselves up in the yeah. spirit. Yeah. We're putting those things inside of us. We're asking God to give us the word, speak to us, Lord, so that we can be excited as the daughters of Zion and the daughters of Jerusalem, yeah. and that we can shout for joy because God is coming. And so as we go forward with this, we just want to talk a little bit about just how God speaks to us, you know, God spoke to Zechariah through his word. He spoke to him through visions. And, and just lastly, I thank God that I'm not an Old Testament prophet because I remember Ezekiel had to lay on his side for I don't know how many days. And then on his other side, it was like 430 days. Whew, I'm tired. It's good. So good. So, yeah, all y'all who like your fantasy books and movies, I love that. I'm not a fantasy book reader. I, I tell people I only read self-help or the Bible because I'm a mess. But, <laughs> but the Bible is crazy. Beautiful. Man. So, yeah, thank you. But the Bible's crazy. So we hear in Zechariah, we read that he hears through literally flying scrolls. Angel legit shows up and speaks to him. He has visions. But I'm here to tell you today that that's the same God we serve. That yeah. is the same God we serve. I want to tell you today, if, if you hear one thing, don't be afraid of the Lord speaking to you. I, um, I found this verse years ago in Matthew, and it's really guided Ron and I's life. Like every great decision we have, or we've always said, we need a word of the Lord to live by. And Matthew 4.4 4 says, Jesus answered by quoting Deuteronomy. It takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. I don't know if you can relate to that, but I need a steady stream. I need a steady stream of my best friend, my father, the beginning and the end in my life, speaking into me moment by moment. Yeah. Jesus, what would you have me do today? And it, it, to some, it may sound like a crutch. To me, it's life. 
We need him, you know, and it's going to get crazy. So in the Bible, he spoke through burning bushes. He put fire on people's heads. People followed a cloud by night and a pillar of fire, or a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He did crazy things. Can you imagine being Mary and impregnated as a, as a way of, of God Almighty speaking? I'm going to use you, young woman. And at a very young age, I can remember babysitting and, and the mouth of the Lord. I, this baby was screaming, and it was my youth pastor's baby, and I really wanted to impress them. And I can remember at like 12 just going, Jesus, if you're real, could you just make Shekinah stop crying? Like, she's Shekinah. She's the glory of God, and I can't make her stop crying. And I remember just asking God, and he came, and he heard my voice. And he quieted that child. I can remember at seven, you know, just the voice of the Lord. And, and, and you might say, well, wow, you think you're special. You think you're anointed. No, I asked. It's that simple today. Friends, just ask. I remember vividly being in Jerusalem several years ago. And we were scheduled to go to the Western Wall. And that's the place where for years, generation after generation, they went and they prayed. And they would stand at this wall, and they would just, I mean, rock back and forth and praying generation after generation. And at the time that we were there, we were able to go underneath to the closest spot humanly possible to where the Holy of Holies, the Ark of the Covenant, in the, in the Old Testament, that's where they believed that the presence of God was housed in this Ark. And we had to wait a bit, and it was getting dark because all this stuff is like 25 feet underground. And we were waiting our turn, and as I'm waiting, um, as I always do, like I come to God as a child, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm not ashamed of that. I come to God as that seven-year-old girl who first encountered him, and I've never, ever, ever, I've never forgotten the awe and the wonder, and I've never, ever taken his presence for granted. And as a child, I stood ready to come to this closest place on earth that we can possibly encounter the presence of God through history we've read and I'd read about that so much, and I stood there, and I had this little tiny pocket Bible for our journey, and I said, Jesus, what would you have me pray? At this moment in my life, Jesus, what would you have me pray? And in my brain, I did not know this scripture, but it was Matthew 23, 37, and I'm just going to go there because I want to do it verbatim. I love God's word. He's so faithful. Let's see, I think I put my little thing there. There it is. I couldn't read it. I just knew it was Matthew 23, 37. And so I'm clutching my Bible, and I'm like, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. Because when we get to the light again, I want to be able to see what it is. Don't forget, 23, 37, 23, 37. We got out to the light, and I got my little Bible out, and here's what it says. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you are not willing. Can you imagine the king of kings? That's what he would have me pray in Jerusalem on that day. I'm a witness, and as long as I have breath, it makes me cry. It makes me just so humbled to think that the king of the universe comes into our lives, and he wants to do it for you just like he does it for me. In those moments when you say, Jesus, what would you have me pray? Jesus, what would you have me say? He has a specific word. And, and my mom and Ron and my dad were just, I was just like, woo, can you believe what he had me pray? And I'm just like, oh, Jerusalem. And at the, t you know, I'm just like. It's totally not like you. I know. 
But I'm praying that all day, the rest of our trip. And it's just like, it's the voice of God. He wants to speak just like he spoke to Zechariah and David and Moses and Abraham. He wants that for you and for me. Oh, how he longs for that. Mm-hmm. I can tell when there's times in my life when I have, when I have just gone about my own stuff. You know, I'm not a horrible person, but sometimes I'm horrible at my devotion. And he longs for me. And, and, and if I can unlock some keys today, we want you to leave. My heart's beat is that any time that you hear about Jesus or you hear about the word of God, that it will draw you closer. And I'm telling you, friends, the main thing that will help you hear God is time. Time listening. I grew up at a very devout home. My mother to this day, God bless her, she is a rock. But I grew up thinking that I had to get on my knees and fold my hands and bow my head and wait. And I'll tell you, my mind wanders. I am a person who likes to walk around and sing. And, but I've had to train myself, Heidi, be quiet. Just listen. And I'm telling you, if you listen and ask God, I journal almost every day. And my journals are not profound. They're like, good morning, Jesus. What are you doing? What are you doing? I hope someday to leave them to my kids so they'll see a very ordinary woman going through ordinary struggles, and they're my love letters to Jesus. They're my heart's cry to Jesus. They're me pouring out my pain. They're me rejoicing and thanking him. But this journey with Jesus is for you. So whatever it is today that you walk away with, know that the king of the universe, the God who put the stars in the sky, wants to speak to you all you have to do is ask and listen. <laughs> wow. Yeah. She be preaching now. <laughs> so as we look at back at, at where Zachariah was and the people of God were, they were at a place where they had gotten distracted. In the busyness of life, they stopped building the temple and they started building their houses. They started building their families. They started building their jobs. All good stuff. But when this overtakes this, then this doesn't always work out well. And I was reminded when we were in Israel, too, that we were at the, the Lake of Galilee. Or the Sea of Galilee, Lake of Galilee, <laughs> Pond of Galilee. Um, and when you look at the meaning of that word Galilee, it actually means in circle. And when we were there, it was a very busy place. And I can only imagine back in the day that it was a very busy place full of commerce, full of families, full of fishing. Uh, things were going on. And when things start to go on and we start to focus on those, we can lose sight on the voice of God. Yeah. And I can, I can say for myself, being a pastor, working in a church, there was a time when I was doing God's work and I didn't have time to listen to God to know if the God's work that I was doing was the work of God that God wanted me to do. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. So we can start building our own things and our own strength. But you know, it says in Zechariah 4 or 5, it says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So we have to get the voice of God. And let me just tell you this. Our prayer at Northside is that God speaks to everyone, and I can firmly say this. Our prayer has been answered because God has been speaking to everyone since Genesis 1, where he said, let there be. 
And so on this, this place called Galilee, this busy place, we can lose sight of what God's vision and purpose is for our life. The vision and purpose he had for those people back then was to rebuild the temple, and in rebuilding the temple, they're building themselves a legacy and a future, a place for the Almighty God to come and reside, the ultimate. And I'll tell you this, when you get so focused on the things you're doing that you lose sight on the things that he's doing, you lose sight on those things that he is speaking. You begin to not focus on the ultimate. And when you don't focus on the ultimate, you'll get caught up on the immediate. And that'll take you from, from places to places, to things to things, to good to bad, to happy to sad. But again, if it's not coming from this way, then this is not going to be lined up the way that God intends. And so I, mean, I just encourage us, when you listen for God's voice and you're hearing his voice, and if for some reason you're not sure, you just say, Holy Spirit, I need to hear your voice. I need, you to, I need to understand what it is you're doing. And you just, at that point, then you just go, okay. And I can just imagine back in the day, as they're going about their business, Emmanuel, God with us, shows up on the scene and begins to speak. I can just imagine those fishermen that we now know as the disciples and being uh, in Galilee, just standing on the shore of Galilee, and it's so much smaller. I thought it was a sea, and it's so much smaller. And, and I remember just walking along there in the evening and thinking, wow, how did Jesus call them? How did they know his voice? And I can only imagine, as I unpack Matthew a bit more, um, where the disciples were called, or Luke, it says they left their nets quickly. I just want to read this out of Matthew 4. Jesus answered, or excuse me, it's not Matthew 4. Um, oh, it is still. It says, at once they left their nets and followed him. And if you unpack that a little bit, in the original language, it says they made no hesitation. They dropped their nets and followed him. And I could only imagine, Ron, that they were, like, they had heard that the Messiah, this rabbi, this anointed, yeah. it'd be like in Newburgh, like you hear, this man is doing miracles. And there have been times in our lives where Ron and I have literally dropped everything. Uh, huh, Rach? Like, we have no money, but we hear Jesus is moving, to, moving in Florida. We're in Florida. We hear Jesus is moving in Washington. We're in Washington. Like, we have totally been God chasers because I want that. I want to see. I want to see what God is doing. And I can imagine these men, it says, they dropped their nets quickly and followed him. They did not hesitate. And today, as I, I think about that, I was like, Heidi, what's your net? What thing am I still dragging along that is slowing my walk with the Lord, my discipleship with the Lord? What's in my net? Today, you might not even know what this Jesus is or who this, you might be tuning in and, and you might not even understand. That can be a big one. I don't understand what it is. I know that if you contact Northside, someone will explain and unpack and help you know where to start in the Bible to get to know this man, Jesus. Because maybe Sunday school and, and this life of following Jesus hasn't been a part of your life. <sighs> Welcome home, friends. 
it's a great day to start. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have shame. My story is a life of shame. That shame dragged me down so much that as much as I was a worshiper over here, I was filled with shame over here, and that heavy, heavy weight kept me from all that God had until one day I let him take it. Today, let him take that net. Maybe it's ritual. Maybe it's, well, I've always done it this way. I encourage you today to put down your net. Leave everything that you've known about Jesus. Leave it. Leave it. Let him start to unpack. I grew up in church, and I married Ron, who, who did not have that experience. And man, we started reading the Bible for ourselves. It was life changing. I mean, literally, we saw God move in our homes. We saw the power of God come down, a haze over the living room as we began to seek the living God. As we began to fast, we began to hear the word of God. You do not have to be anyone special. You just have to start. I started in Genesis because that's what kind of a girl I am. I always start at the beginning and just follow the rules. (laughs) But I started in Genesis, and for two years, the Old Testament rocked my world I never missed a day in two years. I couldn't wait to get up because what will happen, friends, as you begin to seek, as you begin to ask, as you begin to wait on God to speak to you, there yeah. becomes a love yeah. affair that happens in your life with the King of Kings because that's who he is. And he'll call you. Yes. When he says, leave your nets, I'll tell you this, it'll take you to some uncomfortable places. It'll take you into some challenging times. It'll take you out of your comfort zone what you're used to, what you've built. Uh, But when he says, leave your nets, uh, he's saying, get ready. Because all I care about is getting you higher and making you better and making you a temple for my spirit and my glory to reside. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt No, I'm almost done. Just before we go on to what Ron has to say next, I want to speak to you who've been in the Lord a long time. I think we've been in the Lord a while now. And he's having us leave our nets. Stuff I've known and stuff I've done. He's saying, I want to recreate you guys for the next chapter. And that's hard. It's hard to leave our net of what we've always done. It's hard to leave those things that we put in the net that weren't of him. And get real and honest. And today, if you've been in the Lord a long time Mm -hmm. and you feel stuck, lay that net down. Lay it down and get on your face. Get on your face and say, I may be, be 54 in a couple of weeks, 54 years old, oh, sh- but I am not too old to come like a child and to crawl up in Papa's lap and yeah. say, Jesus, what in this net is not of you anymore? What do you want me to leave here so I can go into the next season of my life? I'm praying for you today. Hmm. You matter and you're worth it. And it's hard and we're still in it. We feel like every week we're just laying down another thing. You um, think you get there, and then <laughs> yeah, there's more. Two days ago, it's like I'm not there yet. Yeah, it's good. He's a loving father. He's a loving father. Yeah. Uh, so obedience. In uh, chapter seven of Zechariah, it says, "Obedience is better than fasting," because a lot of times we go through the motions. And then we hear God, but we just assume that we'll just keep doing what we're doing. And God is expecting obedience. And I have, just want to share a quick story, if, if I can. Yeah. And I can we're wrapping stand up. up. We're wrapping up. Oh, yeah, we're wrapping up. <sighs> uh, this has been a few years ago, but the reason I wanted to share this story is because it is 
the only time that I really can say that I heard the audible voice of God. You know, I've heard him through dreams. I, I see him in, in objects, but um, never heard him. And I was in a coffee shop, and I was working on my computer, and I'm uh, sitting out there, and I'm sipping my iced tea or whatever, and I hear this voice go, you need to talk to him. And I knew exactly at that moment who he was talking about. And there was a gentleman behind me. And here's the thing about God's voice. When he speaks to us, when his word comes to us, he reveals things. So I didn't have to look around and go, I wonder who he's talking about. But I just shook my head and said, no, I, I don't have time. I've got I've to take care of this and this. So I go back to what I'm doing, and I hear this, you need to talk to him. And I was like, you know, like, there's flies, and I get away from me. And I went back to doing what I had to do. And then I saw the guy stand up. And at the moment he starts to walk, the Lord says, you need to talk to him now. And at that moment, I got up, left my stuff on the table, and I just turned and went out the side door as he was going out the front door. And as I got the, out the side door, I was like, oh. Phew. And around the corner comes the guy. And he just strolls right up to me. And he just stands there looking at me. And I'm like, okay. And so not knowing what to say, I say, do you, do you believe in divine appointments? And then I'm like, oh, sheesh. And he just stood there and I went, okay, Lord, and you need to speak. And he gave me three things. He said, so I told the gentleman, I said, the Lord knows the sorrow you wake up with in the morning. He knows the fear that you walk through each day. And he knows the anger that you take to bed every night. And he wants to heal you. And the guy looked at me and he said, you know, my wife had cancer and she, she died a couple months ago. But before she died, she went and, and maxed out every credit card we had. And he says, and then she died. And he said, so I wake up every morning and, and I miss her. And I'm, it makes me feel sorrow. And he says, and I walk through every day with fear because I don't know how I'm going to pay all these bills and what am I going to do and what's my next step? And he says, I go to bed angry because she's no longer by my side. And then I went, well, if you allow him, God will heal you. And I'm expecting then this moment. You know, light's going to shine down from heaven. Uh, he's, we're going to get on our knees. We're going to say a prayer. And, you know, it's going to be a joyous time. And he went, okay, thanks. And he walks off. <laughs> I'm like, what's that? Well, it, it taught me one thing. Obedience does not come with the promise that I get to call the shots or that I get to write the ending. Obedience is that I hear the voice of God in whatever form it comes, and I just obey in that moment because, my friends, the kingdom is bigger than just me. And maybe that one little section that I take and be obedient in God builds upon and builds upon, 
as he's building that temple. And so just be encouraged that you don't have to know the ending to be obedient to the beginning. As we were preparing this week, as, as we close, um, one thing that Ron said that really stood out to me, he said, Heidi, God is speaking in the immediate to affect the ultimate. And so many times the, the words are for us. When God speaks, it is for us or your family. But what I'm finding, the older I get, and hopefully, please, Jesus, the wiser I get, that it's bigger than me. It's always bigger than me. And friends, today, as, as you're in your homes, we just want to take a moment and give us some space to ask Jesus to either speak deeper to us or maybe for the first time, you need to hear your name. As I've yeah. preached and, and followed God, I've asked him many times, could you just say my name? And he's done it. Or maybe you're at a crossroads and you need to hear his voice for you. But I'm telling you right now, we're praying in the immediate to affect the ultimate. Because he cares about the end. In fact, he knows your ending. He created you. It says in Psalms that before you were born, he knew you. He named you in the womb. He knows your name. And he knows the ending. And he knows today right where you are. Yeah. And he says, I want to meet you, my child, my son, Come my on. daughter. I laid down my life for you. And your value is so important. And I get emotional because Jesus Christ is alive. He is not dead. He's alive and he's brought us from the miry clay. Yeah. You're in and you're out. His faithfulness, his faithfulness is the banner over my life. You're in, you're out, day in, day out. His faithfulness and his undying love for me continually propels me forward. And I want more than anything. Yeah. I want more than anything for you to know that. And if you're hurting today, we're going to just take some space and we're going to pause and I'm going to pray over us and I'm going to ask God to come, to come right where you are. You might be driving and you've got your phone on the seat and Facebook is on. I'm telling you, he's calling you. He's wooing you. He's saying, speaking. I know you, son he's and daughter. Speaking. I know you. And I have loved you from the yeah. very foundation of time. And this thing right now, this thing is going to pass. For if you profess with your mouth, that I am Lord of your life. I want that for you, that I'm going to work all this for your good. Yeah, and I just want to say this to you Jesus, that are watching, Jesus, Jesus. and I don't know where you're watching from, Jesus, Jesus, but I know Jesus. this, that maybe there are some of you that feel like, I just, I don't hear of God's voice. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, well, I just Jesus. break that lie in the name of Jesus, yeah. and by the spirit yeah. of the living God, yeah. I say to you, that you Jesus. have ears that can hear, eyes that can see, the future that God has prepared for you, a future that is greater than you can ever imagine. So be of good heart and of good cheer because God is going to speak to you. And I believe right now that it's gonna be through dreams, through visions. In the last days, God says that all my people should be speaking and hearing and listening, and they'll be filled with my spirit. That temple within them will be filled with a powerful spirit. And I say this, maybe to you who are watching right now, who don't even know this Jesus, but you know that you've been on the circle of busyness. You know that you've been trying to build something on your own and you just know that there's something missing. And his name is Jesus. So I just wanna say, 
It's not a big deal for you to come into a relationship with the living God. It's not something that you have to earn or that you have to build. It is simply something that you breathe in and say, forgive me. I want to believe in you, Jesus. Fill my heart, fill my life. So if that's you, let's just pray that. In the name of Jesus, I just say, Lord, I need you. I've been so busy building that I've lost sight of myself. And I feel like there's more. And there is more because the Spirit of God is speaking to you right now, wooing you, calling you. And so we just celebrate with you. As you say yes to Jesus, He will fill your temple, change your life, and set you on a new path. And so I just say this, if you're watching right now and you made that decision, just put a little note right there in front of you and just say, I made a decision. And if you want to get more information, if you want somebody to pray, pray with you, you can just go to our site at northsidenewburg.org and there's going to be information there for you. And there'll be places where you can just say, hey, can somebody call me? Can somebody come alongside me? Because even though we can't gather all together, we're gathered in the Spirit, and we're here for one another. And so we just say thank you for that decision. And we bless you, and we love you, and we just say in the name of Jesus, and we're going to pray this prayer over you. And I just want to leave you with this. Just remember that God is always with you in speaking. So we want to read out of Zechariah 7, 8, and I just want to pray over, pray over our nation today. A word for today. And the word of the Lord came again to Zechariah. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widows or the fatherless, the alien or the poor. But in your hearts, never, ever think evil of one another. The Lord bless you and keep you. We yes. love you. And remember, Amen. we're going to have a prayer walk at 12 o'clock. So uh, put on your, your walking shoes and come down to Northside and uh, we'll get together and, and go pray around this community. So have a great week, Northside, as you build the temple that God has put in you. Amen.